Welcome to Pixelate Radio on the web at getpixelated.com. Now, here's your host, Craig Shoemaker. Hey there, and welcome back to Pixel 8. Today, I'm pleased to have the return of Pete LePage, Senior Product Manager on the Internet Explorer team. Pete and his group are hard at work bringing IE9 to market, and today he's here to discuss the state of HTML5 and how IE will support the standards. Find out how you can test the new features and experiment for yourself and see exactly how the IE9 preview works today. Throw in a healthy dose of CSS3 support, and you'll know all you need to know about the upcoming release of IE9. I remember listening to an interview with Scott Guthrie one time, and he was talking about the origins of ASP.NET. And he said that, uh, you know, they created the first version of ASP.NET, and then they came around and did ASP.NET 2, and they kind of looked around and thought, well, maybe that's all there is. And this was before there was Ajax and before there was all kinds of stuff. I I mentioned this simply to say that technology is always changing, it's always moving, and it's insane how much there is to keep up with. And with what's coming with HTML5 and CSS3, a lot of these concepts certainly aren't new to us, especially with Flash and Silverlight and jQuery and and these other tools that allow us to do some of the things that are available within HTML5. But it's a huge change nevertheless because there's so much capability and so much that we're going to be able to do just in HTML of our pages that the, the interactivity and the capability of our pages is going to explode once again, and, and who knows what it's going to mean ultimately for, for the mobile landscape. So it's exciting. It's exciting to say the least. Well, I'm glad to bring you my conversation with Pete LePage today. We had an opportunity to meet together at TechEd, and man, his team has been busy, and not only with the HTML5 support, but there's also some goodies found deep within Internet Explorer that's really going to help make the web a much better place to be. So here's Pete getting us started talking about how the platform preview has been going for IE9. People are really excited right now. There's a lot of just amazement about the platform preview that we've we've released. Uh, we're on platform preview 2, seeing all the new features, the HTML5 stuff, the performance, CSS3, and how hardware acceleration is really making the browser a first-class citizen. So when we're talking about HTML5, I, I remember first seeing the spec introduced, I don't even know how long ago, like years and years ago. So when it comes to making a browser and having it support it, what's, what's taken so long? Well, you know, there's the HTML5 spec is really fascinating. I, I looked at it a couple of days ago as I was getting ready for my IE9 presentation, and I went to print it just to see how long it is. So over 1,100 pages long. So this is a spec that's absolutely huge. There's lots of stuff in there, and there's a bunch of stuff that's changing on a regular basis, and there's a bunch of stuff that's really stable. So as we start working on Internet Explorer 9, one of the things that we looked at are, what are the things that developers are using today? What are the important things that they're asking for? What are the really stable parts? And we're implementing as much as we can in the HTML5 spec. So as far as the, and I know, well, you're, you're part of the, the consortium, but how, how will they decide when they're done writing the spec and can kind of, you know, put a seal on it? Well, it's, it's a big process that they go through. And right now it's currently on being edited. It'll go through several more edits and, and uh, eventually it'll hit a candidate recommendation stage. Once it hits that stage, they'll sort of call it 
almost done, it goes through a few more things and before it hits final. But that's a ways away yet because there are so many things to this and so many things still being developed. So what's the danger of implementing something that's in the spec now and then it getting changed in the future as far as your browser's concerned? Well, for, for browser vendors, if the spec is that you're trying to implement changes, it means your browser has to change. And that means that for page developers, something that they wrote one year might not work two years later. So it's really important that the spec is stable when you implement it or that you set up a way so that if you do change the behavior later, you can still maintain the old behavior. Something that we did in Internet Explorer 8 by providing the XUA compatible tag to be able to allow a page developer to choose which rendering engine they want to use. By setting the XUA compatible tag, you can say, hey, I want to use the IE8 rendering engine or I want to use the IE7 rendering engine. And as we ship IE9, you can say, I want to use the IE9 rendering engine and get all of those features and that support. So for, for people who aren't familiar with what is in HTML5, or at least the, the big chunks of it that you're looking to implement and people are looking to see, can you explain some of that to us? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of cool stuff in HTML5. One of the big ones that we announced and showed at Mix was support for the audio and video tag. So you can put video or audio on your page just like you would an image. So you just say video source equals and provide a, a link to a video. So that's one. We've offered support for uh, XHTML. We've added a whole bunch of CSS3 stuff, RGBA colors, so that you can have colors and set an alpha transparency so you can see through things. You can get much better support, rounded corners. There's a whole bunch of stuff, a lot more coming. SVG is another one from HTML5. So you can have SVG graphics. SVG is another way of drawing images on a page that does it through vector graphics. Effectively, you write a bunch of XML and you say, hey, I want to draw a circle. I want my circle to have a radius of 10 pixels and I want it to show up at position XY and it draws a circle. The cool thing about that is because you're not drawing pixels, as you zoom in, there's no loss of quality. You can get beautiful full-size images, zoom in and see all the detail without losing anything. All right, so let's take each one of these at a time. So when you're talking about the, the media support, are there default codecs that are supported and then there's ways to handle it if you have something else, or how, how do you do that? Internet Explorer 9 is going to support the H.264 video codec out of the box. It's pretty much the industry standard. It's what YouTube uses to encode a lot of their videos. It has, it's licensed across pretty much every major platform. There's hardware decoding support in pretty much every GPU. So you're going to get great support for H.264 video. There will be other video support if you go and install codecs, but it's going to require just a little bit of extra work. Out of the box, H.264 video, which is, like I said, the, the industry standard, going to work right off the bat. And as far as audio is concerned, I would imagine MP3, Wave, and WMAs? Yeah, I believe so. I don't remember off the top of my head the exact list, but I know at least MP3, and, and there will definitely be others. We'll have a lot more about that on the IE blog as we, once we have that build available. And as far as XHTML support, most of it is the, the facility of the developer to write XHTML markup. So how is the browser changing to support that more? 
Well, the browser has to change just a little bit with Internet Explorer. In the past, if you sent down the MIME type of application X HTML, we just displayed it as plain text. But now in Internet Explorer 9, if you send down that MIME type, we display it just like you would expect it to be displayed as an XHTML file. In fact, if you go to the IE test drive site, there's a uh, little icon beside a number of the, the links, the demos, and those are XHTML applications. You can see how that those work in IE8 and IE9. Obviously, they don't work in IE8. <laughs> Okay. And with SVG, I'm really looking forward to that because, I mean, if you just want to put like a simple colored rectangle or something on the page, not having to do an image is going to be really cool. Is there any chance that Blend will be able to support generating the, the, art, or the, the SVG code for you? You know, I'm not sure what their plans are on support for SVG. There's, you can, there's all sorts of different ways that you can build SVG, either using coding it yourself, there's some tools online, and there are freeware tools available. I'm not sure what, what the Expression team has planned right now, though. When looking at what Internet Explorer is going to implement, and even some of what is already available in IE8, and then some of the other browsers, are we looking at another kind of resurgence of the browser wars when everybody's got a different part of it implemented? I don't think I'd call it browser wars. I think what we're going to have is browsers are going to start implementing more and more features. And there's a lot more emphasis today on the same markup so that the same code that I write works the same in all browsers. And really what it'll come down to for users is they're going to choose the browser that they feel is the most secure for them, that gives them the most features, and that is the fastest. And I think with Internet Explorer 8, we've gone a long way with our support for the smart screen filter provides great protection from malware and phishing. And as we work with, towards i9 with support for hardware acceleration, meaning your GPU accelerated HTML, means things run super fast. If you try, uh, try the platform preview out, you can actually see and compare how IE renders compared to Firefox or Chrome or Safari, and you see some pretty significant performance differences. Okay, so you've, you've talked about the, the test drive a, a little bit. Why don't you tell people where it's at and, and kind of how they use it and what's available in there? Yeah, absolutely. So the IE test drive site is ietestdrive.com. And at that site, you can download the Internet Explorer 9 platform preview. It's meant for developers to go play with. It's not meant for your day-to-day -day browser. It's not meant for using all the time. It doesn't have an address bar. It doesn't have a back or forward button. But you can hit Control-O and type in a URL. When it loads, its homepage is set to the IE test drive site. And there's a whole bunch of really cool demos on there. There's, a, there's a flying images. They're broken into three categories. The speed tests, the HTML5 demos, and then the graphics demos. My favorite way to sort of show off Internet Explorer 9 is in Windows 7, I use this sort of dock feature where I'll put one application on one side and the other on the other. So I'll get IE on one side and, and either Chrome or Safari or Firefox on the other side. And I run the same demo side by side and compare how fast they render against each other. With Internet Explorer 9, the, one of the biggest ones that people are just amazed about is the flying images demo. Internet Explorer 9 gets like 60 frames a second on, on the computer that I've got. Chrome runs at like three frames a second. It's kind of crazy. IE8 is three frames a second. Safari is also way down low. Firefox does a little bit better, but 
nobody gets close to the 60 frames a second that we're getting in IE9 with hardware acceleration and our new JavaScript engine. So tell me about the, there was a graphic in, in your session that I went to where you showed the amount of processing time that it takes in order to do one frame of animation with that demo that you're talking about. And, and it, was a, it was a pretty startling comparison between what some of the other browsers have and what uh, Internet Explorer has. T tell us a little bit about the, the difference there. Yeah, absolutely. One of the cool things that Internet Explorer 9 does is we rewrote our JavaScript engine from scratch. And the way we do it is we start, as soon as we get your JavaScript, we start interpreting it, just like we did before. But we're being more smart about the, your system and what you've got in your system. And in the background, we go off and we compile the JavaScript. And as soon as the JavaScript is compiled, we switch over to the compiled version and we start running that. No longer do we have to interpret every line, line by line, and we're able to spend significantly less time doing interpreting and, and dealing with the DOM because all that stuff is compiled and runs much more quickly. The image that you're talking about, it would take over half a second to do one animation in IE8. In IE9, it takes a fraction of a fraction of a second to do one animation because the code is already compiled, you're good to go, and it just starts spinning super fast. All of that processing is happening on the GPU also, right, instead of on the CPU? Exactly. What we do is we, we move the graphics processing off to the GPU because the GPU really knows how to handle graphics. It knows how to do that super well. The CPU can do it, but it's not customized for doing graphics. So by using the GPU, we're really able to take advantage of the hardware in your system. Pretty much every computer that anyone's purchased in the last eight years or so has a GPU. And, you know, it's not like some people think of the GPU as this, like, ooh, hardcore gamer GPU. It's not necessarily that. I've got a little netbook that I bought. It was like 400 bucks or so, and it's got a great GPU in it. You can buy ones. We've got some, some other netbooks here at the show that don't have fantastic GPUs, and they run this just beautifully because the GPU knows how to handle graphics. Now, along with, with uh, HTML5, CSS3 kind of goes hand in hand with it. And as far as the spec is concerned, is it just as volatile as HTML5, or do you find it being a little bit easier to work with? You know, it's, it's still under development as well, so we're making sure that as we go through, we're looking at what developers want, what developers need, what they're using today, how they're trying to get around things that, you know, aren't implemented yet. And we're doing the same thing. We're going about it with data and being smart about what's stable and things that aren't stable we're implementing in ways that can be stable. So one of the cool other features is media queries available for CSS3. How would someone use that? Well, the media queries is a really neat thing that allows you to apply a specific style or a, or a style sheet depending on the device that the user is coming in on or the properties of that device. So you can actually say, hey, on a screen that's between a certain pixel width, you can display a certain CSS style sheet. So that means you could write your website once, but if you're coming in on a screen that's maybe 300 pixels wide, like a mobile device or something like that, you'd use one style sheet. If you're coming in on something else, you use a different style sheet. And if you're coming in on something like a super wide screen, you can use a completely different style sheet. So it's a really good way to 
help make writing your code once and then styling it based on the properties of the device you're coming in on. And so people might do the same type of thing right now by using JavaScript, but what you're saying is that there's something inherent in the tag that allows you to do that pretty easily. Exactly. If you go up to the IE test drive site, we've got a demo right there on the top that shows that. You can try it in IE9 or you can try it in some of the other browsers. But yeah, instead of having to do it via JavaScript, you can now do it right in your CSS super easily. Very cool. And the thing about it is, is you're, you're really just using a separate style sheet. So you can say like large chunks of text simply isn't displayed to the user at that time. And so you're, you're not having to go to different files and, and make a bunch of decisions that way, right? Exactly. And you're, and you're not having to do it via JavaScript by going through, oh, hey, I got to hide this, I got to hide this, I got to hide this. You just do it straight in your CSS. You could, if you want stuff not to show up, display none. It'll make it just not show up. Another big piece of functionality that, that the browser is going to feature is the selection API. So how, how would people use that? Well, the HTML5 selection API allows you to figure out what the user has highlighted on their page. So if I'm a, a user on a page, I can highlight something. And then through JavaScript, you can then start doing stuff with that selection. In the demo that I showed, I highlighted some text. I was able to change the color of it. I was able to actually go and use one of the Bing Translator APIs and translate it from English into French, or you could use it into any other language. One of the cool ways that you could do something like that is in an enterprise scenario, I could be able to say, hey, I want to go highlight some text, call into an API and say, hey, guys, we need to update this on our website because this is out-of-date information. Calls into an API, sends off an email or send some, some information back, you've got a quick and easy way to be able to deal with highlighted text or anything like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I could see that being really useful. As far as the browser's concerned, do you, are you going to have the feature to where I can uh, select something and right-click and if it recognizes its URL, go directly to that URL or look up that, that uh, phrase in Bing or something like that? So in Internet Explorer 8, we introduced uh, accelerators. And we haven't really talked about what kinds of, of consumer features are going to be in uh, Internet Explorer 9, but I would safely bet that, you know, accelerators <laughs> will still be there. Right on. Well, uh, if people want to find out more about the test drive, they go to ietestdrive.com. And if people want to find out more information about you, where would you send them? I'd send them to my blog at petelepage.com. Right on. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you. Well, big thanks to Pete for joining us today and talking about the preview and what's coming up for i9. Now, since I recorded this interview, actually a lot has been added to the platform preview. I'm looking at the what I downloaded directly off iTest Drive just today. There's an Amazon shelf demo, which goes to the Amazon API through JavaScript and puts books up on a shelf and allows you to flip through them. The IE fish tank, the Mr. Potato Head gun, which is uh, really cool, an asteroid belt, and then also something called Windows.ms Performance, which shows you how to do some benchmark performance guidelines within the browser. Now, these speed demos will show you the frames per second that you're working in in order to make these demos work, so it's kind of cool. The HTML5 demos have been updated to have a DOM transversal gallery, an ECMAScript 5 game, which the game I, I thought was actually kind of hard. <laughs> Uh, something that shows HTML5 audio through an XML playlist. This is actually very interesting for us podcasters, and uh, I'll probably be updating some of the web pages soon to host HTML5 audio, and, and as people are visiting with the right browsers, they'll be able to, to get that content. 
there's updated graphics demos. There's a, an IMDb video panorama. I got stuck watching some some movie trailers uh, in doing that. And then the canvas zoom is actually really cool. It it looks a lot like a Silverlight deep zoom type of thing, but this is done all in HTML and JavaScript. There's something that shows you how to do embedded web fonts and it goes on and on. So if you're a web developer, if you care about these things, there is a lot to be found at the test drive site and I hope you get a chance to check it out. Thanks a lot for joining me today. This is Craig Shoemaker and on behalf of everybody here at Infragistics, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Pixelate Radio on the web at getpixelated.com. That's get pixel the number eight ed.com. All right, user, copyright 2009. Infragistics on the web at infragistics.com.